0: How many babies are born every year worldwide? In your head, have a guess. How many babies are born every year worldwide? Right, okay, so the number is 140 million. That's, uh, that works out as four babies every second. Okay, four, eight, 12. 16, 20, 24, 28. And for every one of those babies born, there is a woman giving birth. Four women, eight women, 12 women, 16 women, 20 women, 140 million women. But we're all much more interested in the children than in their mothers. Right? Think of a famous person in your head, someone really well known. What's their mum's name? Right? Julius Caesar. What was his mum's name? Mother Teresa. What was her mum's name? Stephen Nolan. What was his mum's name? Or is? Do we know? Does he talk about her a lot? Well, you can tell what radio stations I listen to. But what about Jesus? What was his mum's name? We know, don't we? We know. It's easy. But that's unusual. You see, that's unusual. To know her name. But she knew you would know her name. Luke chapter 1, verse 48. Mary said, from now on... All generations will call me blessed. She knew her name would go down in history. Why? Because her baby wouldn't just be famous. He would be God's own son. Out of all the millions of women who have lived, God chose her. He took a young and unremarkable girl and made her the most blessed of all women. He exalted her by making her the mother of Jesus. And this morning we're going to look at, what, uh, the, the, look at the song uh, that she sang in response. We're going to look at the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise. Uh, If you've closed your Bibles, please keep them open. It's page 1026, Luke chapter 1. And one of the most important things to know about this song is Mary's not going to sing all about how amazing she is, how perfect and sinless she must be to be chosen by God, to be the mother of Jesus. No, she's going to sing about the greatness of and the goodness and the faithfulness of God. But before we come to the song itself, we're gonna remind ourselves how it all happened. Luke chapter one, verse 26 tells us, if you just look back just before where we read, God sent a messenger called Gabriel. He sent a messenger called Gabriel from his throne room in heaven, down to earth, to Nazareth, an unimportant and boring town to a virgin engaged to a man from Bethlehem called Joseph. And Gabriel tells her in verse 31, you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. God on high has chosen lowly Mary to be the mother of of his son. And who will Jesus grow up to be? He will grow up to be a king, the king, Gabriel tells her, who will reign over God's people over the house of Jacob forever. There will be no kings of God's people after him. God's son will be king forever, and Mary is his mother. No wonder then that all generations will call her blessed to be brought by God from so low to so high. But she's not the only one who's blessed because what God did for her, he'll do for all his people. The mercy he showed to Mary extends to all who trust in him. And that's what Mary's song is about. And as we come now to explore it, let me read to us one more time her song. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Now to help us go through Mary's song, we're going to split it into two parts. Firstly, the part about Mary, and then the part about all God's people. And in both parts, what we'll see is that God is a God who lifts up the humble, He is a God who exalts the lowly. So firstly, the part about Mary, which is verses 46 to 49. Have a look with me at verse 46. How does Mary respond to the amazing news that she will be the mother of the Lord? She responds with praise. She glorifies the Lord and rejoices in God her Saviour. See, when we understand God rightly... This will always be the response. The people who don't praise God are the people who haven't grasped his goodness. The people who have understood it speak and sing words to magnify and glorify his name. And why does Mary praise God? Because verse 48, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And verse 49 For the mighty one has done great things for me. She praises him because he is a God who noticed her. Who gets noticed in this world and who gets overlooked? There's people who drive nice cars, take two foreign holidays a year, and own their own homes. And there's people sitting in the freezing cold waiting for weeks for the council to fix the heating. There's people who the system worked well for. And there's people who fell through the cracks. And who does God notice? He noticed Mary, though she was of humble status, though she was young, though she was a woman, though she was nothing special in the world's eyes. God was mindful of her. In our world, beyond the circle of our our friends and and family, we only really matter if we have status or money or influence. But God can see past all of that. He notices people who no one else notices. He's mindful of the Israeli hostages in Gaza. He sees the Palestinians bombed out of their neighbourhoods. He sees the person living alone whose family has abandoned them. He sees the struggling child with special needs. He's not a God for the rich and powerful. He's a God for the humble. He's the God who overlooked the rulers of Rome, the leaders of Jerusalem, the daughters of the chief priests, and instead took Mary and made her the mother of the king. He's the God who reaches down, down, down to lift people up, up, up. And Mary praises him for that. She rejoices because of that. She rejoices in the mercy and the love of God. She rejoices because his great deeds have been done for her. And that joy is evidence of her faith. Have a look back with me at verse 45. This is Elizabeth, her cousin, speaking, and she says to Mary, blessed is she who believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. You remember Mary's response to Gabriel. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She believed. She was lifted up because when she heard the word of the Lord, she trusted it. She trusted what Gabriel said. Those who God saves are not those who know about his goodness, but those who trust his goodness. Those God saves are not those who know he is merciful, but those who respond to his deeds of mercy. It is possible to be poor and proud, but God is the God who lifts up the humble, who blesses those who know they need him. That was the part of the song about Mary. Now let's look at the part about all the rest of God's people, and that includes us. And the change comes in verse 50. She's praised God for his mercy to her, now she praises him for his mercy to all his people. Verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Do you see how God's mercy works? He brings down rulers and he lifts up the humble. He brings down tyrants and sets free the oppressed. Just like he noticed Mary, just like he was mindful of her, He is mindful of all those Who fear him. And his plan for them is to bring down all evil, all oppression, all injustice, all tyranny, and lift up in place of those people his humble people. Just like he brought down Pharaoh, but raised up Moses. Just like he brought down Haman and raised up Esther. And ultimately, just like he brought down Satan, the Sanhedrin and Pontius Pilate and raised up Jesus, who they crucified. So when Mary says he has performed mighty deeds, he has brought down rulers, he has lifted up the humble, she's not only looking at the past, no, she's also like a prophet looking to the future. This is what God will do. Just as in the past he rescued his people, Mary knew that through Jesus he would do it again, once and for all. Jesus would be the everlasting king of his people and the whole world. That means all other powers and rulers must give way to him. As the perfect king, he will bring down in judgment any who stand against him and the people he loves. He will bring down any who oppose his people, that he came down from heaven to die for. Now, when he died, for a while, it seemed like God had abandoned Jesus. It seemed like God was on the side of of the powerful, of the oppressive. But when Jesus rose from the dead, when God raised him from the dead, it became very clear just whose side God is really on and so it became clear that all those who stand against Jesus are God's enemies who will be brought down and it became clear that when Jesus died he wasn't dying for his own sins he didn't have any no he was dying for you and me so that we could be forgiven so that we could be liberated from our sins and set free from death and ultimately so that we could be lifted up with him. As Mary puts it in verse 53, those who hunger for Jesus will be filled with good things. Those who are rich and self-satisfied will be cast out by Jesus, where in the end they will become empty forever. The same mercy God showed to Mary, he shows to many. She was made his mother, and we have been made his brothers and sisters. Or to use a different image from the Bible, together we have been made his bride. Through Jesus, we have become heavenly royalty. And so as we go through this season of Advent, as we think about who it was that was born at Christmas and who it is that will return to judge the world and save his people, remember this. Jesus is not coming back for those who've got rich in this life. He's not coming back for those with a reputation or those who've climbed the greasy pole, those who are proud, those who are self-satisfied, who've reached the top, who've been put in charge, who hold all the wealth and all the power. Jesus is coming back for the humble who trust in him, the humble who stick it out through all the rubbish that comes our way, all the pain and suffering, who stick it out by depending on him, by throwing all our cares and worries on him, who rely on him daily to help us. Living like that might not impress anybody or catch anybody's eye, but God sees you, he knows you, he is mindful of you, and he sent Jesus so that you could be lifted up, lifted up to glory, Lifted up to rule and reign with Jesus. Lifted up to be brothers and sisters of the King. It's his promise to you. It's the promise he made long ago to Abraham and he's already kept it over and over and he's going to keep it to the end. The strong don't win. The powerful don't win. The rich don't win. God's people win. That's who Jesus is coming back for. God isn't a talent scout looking for the best. He's a merciful father looking out for those who need him. So if you know you need him, rejoice. Let your soul magnify the Lord. Let your spirit give him glory because he is mindful of the humble estate of his servants and he has done great things for us. Christ has died. Christ is risen and Christ will come again. That's the day we're looking forward to. It's coming soon. So hold on to Jesus because he's not going to let you down. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want our souls to magnify your name. We want to rejoice that you are our saviour, that you are mindful of us. And that in due time you will lift us up in glory. We thank you that evil won't win. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you will keep your promises. Amen.